healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. That right there is a lot of Welcome back to the basement, fellow music You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glass of the Podcast. I'm your Kevin, as usual. We're so happy to have you down yet again. Uh, we're doing something today that we haven't done in quite a long time. We used to, um, if, you, if you're new to us, as in like the past, I don't know, 100 or so episodes, we used to put together a little show, and so we'd always have uh, issue talk up front, and then album talk, and then a track, and sometimes we'd mix it up and do a lot of things, and occasionally we would do an entire episode on an issue, but we haven't done that in, in quite a long time, because... Um, Quite frankly, there's more important shit going on in the world than listen to us just yap about uh, streaming or or copyright or, or any of that stuff. That stuff is important, but I think you can go somewhere and look up the facts, and uh, we often have resources for that. And uh, and don't depend on people's opinions on that. Just be like, hey, this is what needs to happen, and, uh, and then you can go out and make it happen. You can write congressmen and whatnot. Uh, neither here nor there. Uh, but... Um, we were, as we're wrapping up the sixth season of here, we're going to take a break in July. Um, our friend Philip Bassnight from the band Brook Royals uh, said, I was saying, they pitched me some show ideas, and he goes, let's talk about hype. And I said, oh, you mean the type of hype that was around the recent release by the band Snail Mail from here in D.C.? And he said, yeah, that's about, that's about perfect. Um, and so that's what we did, and got uh, him, myself, and uh, Eduardo, and Eduardo's brother, Hoffa. Which is just wild. It was, uh, they came over to talk about Kamasi Washington before that, which you're going to hear on Thursday. But, um, really, we just, uh, sort of hung out and uh, had a few beers and, and talked through this stuff. I don't know, uh, if, I, I know we didn't, like, land on necessarily some answers, but it, it, it's, you know, it's always important to get out there stuff to think about, um, so that we all can find a solution together. That's how, that's how I like to do things, at least, um, you know, unless you guys want to make me the ruler of the world. In which case, I'll just decide everything. It's a bad idea. It's a very bad idea. It's a very cat-focused universe in that. So, uh, you know, bad for people who are allergic to cats. Anyways, um, that's what we're going to be doing this week. And, um, and that's all we're going to be doing. So if you're ready to head on down to the basement, uh, sit down with myself and some of my good friends. Talking about the hype machine and slaying the hype beast. Let's, uh, you know, grab your beverage, grab your friend, uh... Abandon all hope of 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 a facts based podcast, and uh, let's head on down. Uh, we're talking about uh, our our sort of thoughts on slaying the hype beast. What's the Guns and Roses rule? I'm saving it for the pot. Yeah, we're, we're doing You're the doing pot. It. We're it's doing happening. the pot. Everybody, lean are, are in we, a little are bit. We in, are we, <laughs> in, are we no, in the pod now? We are in the pod. We're in the pod. We're in the pod. Wow, uh, Eduardo, that is Eduardo. Uh, Philip, uh, welcome back. Uh, we've recovered from Kamasi Hafa. Welcome, uh, Eduardo's brother. Yes, indeed. 
How how do you live with this motherfucker? Uh, <laughs> like, I don't talk about hype. <laughs> That's why he moved about yeah. like four thousand miles away. You gotta, yeah. you gotta get away. Uh, welcome, welcome to the East Coast. Thank you. It's, Thank it's you. good to have you down in the basement. I've heard a lot, heard a lot about you. Glad you can take part in this thing. We do. Um, we used to do these a lot, and I mean a lot. And they used to be part of the thing, and we just sort of stopped having these discussions because. Sometimes people don't want to listen to a bunch of assholes talking about shit, but <laughs> Philip, you're not an asshole. <laughs> but they will want to listen to me. They will want to listen to me. Tobias and, Bionke and, and, and when I was, <laughs> as, as, I, as, as I'm putting together the schedule and talking about what we're going to do tonight, uh, I said, what are our ideas? And, and you had a brilliant idea of something that, uh, uh, it's an evergreen topic, but it's evergreen because I think you're, our all our perception of it should uh, shift as as we move along, as we have different experiences and everything, and that, that is the topic of hype. Uh, and it is it is perfect right now because what we just saw happen with a, a little band from this area called Snail Mail, and that's this is the launching off point for this conversation. Now I, I want to make it clear, and I made it clear anytime we've spoken about this. Uh, this has nothing to do with Lindsay or mm-hmm. Ray or anybody in that band. We wish them every single bit of success that they get. Uh, but uh, in my now eight years of doing eight or nine years of doing this uh, in my decades of music fandom, I have never seen a press campaign, a hype machine, a anything mm-hmm. go so off the rails uh, just in the face of reality wrong than this. Uh, yeah. If if you believed every single bit of hype that you, that was written about snail mail before they had an album, I mean she's doing interviews with Liz Fair, she's mm-hmm. doing uh, pieces, multiple pieces in New York Times, in like Time, Rolling Stone, like all this stuff. There's no there's no record out, right? And again, this is not any of their faults. This is the fault of like the people who handle these bands. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also our fault, I think, which, which is going to be a part of this conversation and how we process everything nowadays. But you would think that this is the greatest band. In fact, I think the, the uh, one of the tags on lines was the savior of indie rock or the future of indie rock. That was a popular one. When which spoiler alert? There's there is no future for indie rock. <laughs> right. There's right. There's, there there is a good present. <laughs> right. The past is glorious. And uh, and but 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 I mean I mean the idea that that you know we spend all our time arguing about things in indie rock that are so they're even less important to popular culture now <laughs> yeah. than indie rock was in its heyday. Well, music right? took this weird, and, music took this weird turn where we were like uh, going in 2016 going into the election we were like, well, we expect like political rock and everything right. and stuff. And <laughs> now it's just sort of like, no, I don't really expect that, but I don't really give a fuck what you say. Like your feelings don't matter anymore. Hmm. Like that's not a that's not a thing in the marketplace and that's what indie rock I think like buys and sells in. That's the trade of indie mm-hmm. rock. It, usually uh, to stereotype a a uh, mediocre white dude get up there singing about feelings, and we found out that all the mediocre white dudes were date rapists, <laughs> and like you know it, the this whole thing collapsed, and and yet uh, labels exist, uh, agencies exist to 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 sell music. I mean, it's an industry, and it has to do something. And my big question is like, does it actually have to do something? But like you said, where we're at, 
like all these things we thought mattered didn't they just don't matter well i think okay i think this is a a great place to start with snail mail because what's happened in the last week or two is a great place to start with snail mail because uh i think the music is what matters and if it's good music it will it will work and and not to throw anyone record label under the bus but look at what they just announced before their album came out that they were going to be opening at the Holy Grail of all venues, Madison Square Garden, Madison yeah. Square Garden, with three of the hypest bands before the album of came the last out. Yeah. twenty right. years, right? right? Right. But but let's look at uh, Interpol's first album is a stone cold classic, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, and the music held up. And I wasn't, I was too young. That doesn't, I. But I assume. I've read Meet Me in the Bathroom. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, think yeah. I think that yeah. they had the same hype machine behind them, right? And but if the music hadn't been good, I, I don't think it would have gone anywhere. And there are countless examples of bands that weren't good enough to fifteen years later play Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's yeah. you but but it is hard because we have to you have to live with it and you have to Learn how to separate it. I don't even... But that's the thing. Maybe you just cannot... Maybe that's where I've gone wrong is I think that the key is to learn how to separate it, but maybe it just takes time. You know, the good stuff's going to stay around and... Well, the bands that deliver on, on the, like, it's incredibly satisfying when, in the same way that, like, a a highly billed sporting event can be Mm -hmm. satisfying when it's really good, right? So So when a band that's getting a lot of press... And you and you feel like you've been reading about them for months, right. and this doesn't happen anymore because we have instant access right. to when everything. Was the last time right, I feel like that happened. And so I'm thinking. So I think Interpol is a good comp. It's sort of to, you know like like the last kind of wave of of hype that was like that was probably your sort of Franz Ferdinand's um, mm-hmm. uh, clap your hands say yeah, which mm-hmm. um, I would put them in the snail mail category. I'm gonna be honest because I well, came to they, that album right. late, and I think it's fine, but it didn't deserve to make them the indie rock gods. And where are they now? Yeah. That's they're exactly not playing the point. Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden. That's exactly you know what I mean? like, yeah. And, and and I like that album but, a lot, but I think it was too much too fast for them. But, yep. And and, that, and so that's almost they become a victim of the machine that they're put into. Oh, for sure. And that's not yeah. their fault. Yeah. If they'd right. worked really hard over a lot of years and gained a fan base like mm-hmm. a Future Islands, where you've got like, you know, you've got a, you've got a huge single with seasons, and I saw them and they played Balance. And on the water, and people were more excited to hear the last record. Yeah, they were so awesome, stoked because yeah. yeah. people were, they'd been building on this, mm-hmm. especially in this area, you know? And, and when you just get shoved into it like that, I think you, you know, you're subject to, to this quick rise and fall. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. And so you, you're a musician, you're a band, and you're in Broke Royals, and, you're, and you're, you guys are, you guys just shot a bit video. You're changing yeah. it. But I mean, you, you pay, you, uh, I know you're a little, and I, and I know that you like, take a lot of pride in, in in what you do and actually pay close attention to these trends and and hype is important to you sure. there's a literal website called the hype machine which we are fed by and yeah. you know we'll get more hits if we post more tracks i mean that's just how that works yeah uh but you know when you talk about hype i think you have to split it into hype about uh there's three different audiences there's like the critical audience which is one side of it, there is the actual music fans, because I think they're they're still out there. But then there's also the casual music fans. Mm-hmm. The critical audience does not provide cash flow. 
the actual music fans provide a little bit of cash flow, but you better be releasing like a super deluxe like LP. <laughs> Wait, can you, know, you elaborate on that a little bit? Like when when you say the critical. So so yeah. critic crit, critics like we look we buy everything man and, you know and we listen to everything but we're also very harsh on stuff so like most of the stuff that you hear on say an iHeart radio thing is not gonna land it's it's not gonna land with me uh, and and but it doesn't have to that's not like you know there's a there the critic serves a role in the hype cycle of trying to find the stuff that isn't the most popular but is the most accomplished. At least I think, and in my circle, like I think, I think that's how that works. I think it's the most narratively fulfilling. Well, that, no, there is there is, there is a type of critic that does that and stuff. That's a really good yeah like, framework. By yeah, the way. yeah, I, yeah. I but, think... but that but that type of critic feeds into uh, they're more plugged into the industry and trying to like siphon off what they can get off the industry because narrative narrative fulfillment like is a real thing, and so if you can sit there and look at. Like the idea is you, you contextualize stuff, and this is what we do on this podcast all the time. We we try to contextualize it, make it like explain it to somebody else. And if part of your contextualization is how am I going to sell this to somebody, like then you're 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 plugging in the machine, which is not necessarily that bad. But uh, to jump to the the third part of what I was saying, that casual listener, whether people like it or not. Is what drives the industry. Mm-hmm. Well, right, and I and I think it's important to like to get into some definitional questions here too, because overhyped is different from overrated, mm-hmm. right? Like I think Radiohead are overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Um, I do. We I all do. know that. I, I, bring, I, I bring it up all the time. Um, it doesn't mean I think they're bad. I just think. But what do you press, think of Pablo their, Honey? Their press exceeds. It's a fa- it's a fabulous record. <laughs> um, it's that 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 record is underrated. In fact. <laughs> it's like it's like the correction for Radiohead's career. Yeah, um, but was it overhyped at the time? Uh, it might have been. It, it might have been, and that's exactly <laughs> the definitional thing we're getting at here. Like so, like um, and and I'll, I'll uh, I don't know if Cardi B is a good example, but that's someone who basically like think pieces were written about Cardi B mm-hmm. that were like extensive and about the ways in which she was doing things before, much like snail mail. The yeah. record had been released, right? Like, I mean, I think yeah, but that she topped charts with a song that I believe uses three notes, mm-hmm. like yeah. doom, doom, four, doom, doom. Yeah, yeah, but come on, yeah, Motown. but so did Motown. Biggie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I don't know. I don't think he did. I, I don't hypnotize. Think he... The bass line is literally boom, 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 boom. No, no, but the, I, the entire I, no, no, but I mean, I mean, even. I mean, yeah, we don't need to we don't need to tear the beat apart too much. But hypnotize is a great sample from an era that Yeah, I guess it's the same argument that <laughs> was built on great samples. This is a great it's a great simple beat on an era that's right. built on great simple beats. So right. I guess I'm I'm defeating myself. But no, I, I think Cardi B is a great example yeah. of like I, well, I just with, with Cardi you know. B, I mean here's here's what here's what I see from my view. And then and I want to get to what you guys see from from your view, from uh, you know, consumer, musician, mm-hmm. musician. These industries have to keep going, right? If the, I mean, somebody in no matter how much you hate Pitchfork, somebody at Pitchfork loves music, mm-hmm. right? 
And, and 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 they're in it. And at no. least one song. <laughs> that's a hilarious qualifier. That's like that. That would even need to be a qualifier. Well, well, it's, 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 on, it's on their business card. It's like, <laughs> I was the person here right. who liked the no. music. Uh, I, I I say that because, and I probably know the person, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but somebody there, somebody at at, at you label it at a PR firm, mm-hmm. at uh, any, anywhere at a blog or anything. So, there are people out there that love music and just do it for the thing. But the thing about art is that it it just can't like expand into spaces without help. And mm-hmm. the right way to help it is to get, sort of get out of the way. Like try to contextualize it, try to do it, and then just fucking slide off. Like you aren't the celebrity, you aren't the art. Like mm-hmm. the art that they're yeah. saying for itself. What we've seen in the modern society, and do this is due to. Uh, uh, what we were talking about upstairs, you know, just access to instant information. Uh, honestly, the reality television phenomenon. Uh, I am a firm believer that the real world ruined everything for people. It created a whole class of journalists that aren't journalists mm-hmm. uh, that that don't understand if you if you use the word I more than twice in your piece, like you're, <laughs> it, this is a fucking bullshit like College Diary blog post. But you have people like that writing about art and writing about music constantly, day in and day out. But they're their paycheck depends on it. Like this, this industry, no industry, a writer is not a, is not a worse or lesser artist than a musician. And these things are codependent. They've always been codependent, but in the age before the internet, you built hype by actually having to experience the thing. Mm -hmm. Now we can, we can sit back, we can hit play on something. We don't really get any insight into it. And so you get something like Cardi B. She, you know, a single like Bodak Yellow. Mm-hmm. That's important in the black community. I mean, that, that's that's a thing. Mm-hmm. If you ever that, want to clear a room a song, of people yeah. it's a great, it, over yeah, the age and of, it's a great over the it's age a great of 30, just put on Cardi B. Huh? <laughs> I, so, so, I, so I've learned a trick. If you ever want to clear the room of people over the age of 30. Yeah. You put on Cardi B. <laughs> Why? If you want, if Why? you want to clear the room of people under the age of forty, you put on Steely Dan, <laughs> and it works just as well. <laughs> well so, so here's the thing, right? So like, as much as you might dislike what somebody like Cardi B is doing, I feel like it falls into a different category because, in reality, for her, yeah, if her song hadn't gone big, she would not have cared. She was already making money moves. Well, quote, that, and that's sort of my point. And like, she was like her Instagram fame unto itself was big enough yeah. that like for her, that gamble was just like, it was like RuPaul going mainstream in the nineties in a certain sense. It's like, yeah, I'm already killing it. <laughs> Nobody else is doing this thing. Somebody's like, Hey, you want to record a song about working? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen. I'll go back to right. being the most famous drag queen in America. <laughs> cool. You know? And I feel like Cardi B is on a similar level. And so that's where like, Hype meets reality in a certain way yeah. in a very interesting sense because it's like that hype was generated by her and she did put in like the work in that sense. Yeah, It's just tough. I mean, there's no answer to this question. It's just tough when it's like, I totally, I totally agree with you where it's like, you know, you're a celebrity. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure she had aspirations of rapping and doing other things, mm-hmm. but she, she hadn't grinded away and, uh-huh. you know, put out... I don't know. Uh, she has mixtapes and stuff, but you kind of just slide her into that position. But then, how does that compare to someone like Kamasi or Kendrick or like, sure, right, but like a right, lifetime right, right, of musical like... work? But but it but the the problem is it is as not a zero sum game. But 
she's bumping people off websites you know reviews but i mean not that there's any shortage of it it's just it's it is interesting to it's almost comparing apples and oranges yeah but putting them in a list form because we prefer lists (laughs) and not saying which one is which you know like but like to 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 like go to the extreme of that like how is that different than somebody like jay-z literally making his entire career about like I'm not a rapper. I'm a hustler. I'm a business. Right. Like this is just, and he's said multiple times, if I wasn't hustling this way, I'd be hustling some other way. Well, that's an interesting. And like Snoop Dogg has said that. I'm glad you bring that up. Multiple different rappers have said like, this is just the way we learn to make money. I I don't think we think often enough about how hip hop culture has like, uh, just infected is really the wrong word because that has negative connotation. It, it is, it is saturated our, our, uh, our culture to the point that that we think that that the moves that you hear on a Jay Z album, mm-hmm. the moves you hear on a Biggie album, mm-hmm. the moves you hear on an early Ice T album, so those are very specific moves. Mm-hmm. And and by a uh, disenfranchised culture at the time, well now still, mm-hmm. but uh, we've all come to accept them. And 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 what that model was, though, uh, you know wrestling term to get over mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so yeah. getting over was yeah. enough yeah yeah and getting over isn't enough we know this and we know that well i mean well we know this from a position of privilege getting over isn't enough you have to like you have to actually do the work but if you can get over in a culture in a socioeconomic class that net that like that at least lifts you out of like abject misery mm-hmm. then you know that that perpetrates through the culture, and now what we're 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 sort of stuck with is looking at our art, looking at everything in those terms. And we're we're I think a zero sum game is a good way to talk about it, Philip. Like it's not a zero sum game. You can you can enjoy any fucking thing you want, and you can listen mm-hmm. to anything on Spotify that you mm-hmm. want. But you, uh, we reject stuff, and we raise up stuff. Simply based on what people say more now than than we than what we actually like. You mean on the on the like, and 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 I think we sort of talked about this on the priest's record, which is that I yeah. think half of our reaction to the priest's record was about the fact that they were being treated a certain way, and they hadn't explicitly rejected the media narrative that was that was put on them. Correct. Right, and they and they and and we don't I don't I don't think they necessarily embraced it, but um, but. We didn't think they did enough to reject it. I think part of the part of the problem is that these, you know, the music journalism can't be bigger than the music industry that it covers. Yes, that's absolutely right. And the music industry that it covers. Say say it again, son. Preach. Right. Right. So, so the thing that that serves an industry cannot be bigger than the industry it serves. I wish that happened in financial markets, where you know. The uh, you couldn't have an underlying good of a certain value that gets traded for <laughs> something that's four thousand right. times its value, right? But uh, that's on you, Wall Street. Um, uh, but 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 so the music industry is contracting in weird ways, and there's this sort of like there's all these like New Yorkers and Los Angelinos moving to Nashville and trying to sell EDM <laughs> to country artists because they're out of a job and they have, right and like yeah. And that's and and that's that's very real. Um, pitch meeting that must be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, Sam Sam Outlaw apparently moves to Nashville, so yeah, they, they got that going for him. Um, but the but 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 the but 
the people who were supposed to like keep the bad stuff out uh didn't figure out how to evolve with the times and so and so now instead what happens is that there's some weird process by which an artist will get the new yorker or the npr treatment or something like that Mm -hmm. and the reason they want that treatment isn't because it it gets them cultural cachet although it does that too but it's because the people who read those publications still actually buy music Mm -hmm. on some level sometimes sometimes i mean it's questionable whether or not say like the npr audience buys music because they go to shows they get they do go to shows they go see brandy carlisle all the fucking time yes yes yeah (laughs) which is cool they should she's great (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but uh yeah you know to that point, it, it is a um, when you have all these outlets talking about something in in the exact same way, like and if like people pay attention to multiple outlets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you see the same story here and you see the same story here, same, same right? Story, the narrative echoes. Yeah, the narrative echoes, and and the narrative is a thing. Like you, you should build a mythos of for your band. Mm-hmm. You should build a narrative for your band and 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 there should be some mystery but you also have to back it up with like a solid band what okay what and i would also echo with that and first of all i love cardi b (laughs) so i feel like i came down to our daughter my position here was about the way she was Mm -hmm. presented to us very fascinatively and to that point uh as someone who's been in a band for the same band for four years and we've done three EPs and an album, which means that we've done a number of press releases. We've yeah. done a number of album cycles or EP cycles or whatever you want. Um, and we've written those on our own. And we've also gotten help. We've hired help from mm-hmm. PR companies or, or more experienced writers um, to help us craft a narrative mm-hmm. uh, or help us say better what we wanted to say. Um, you know, when you send that out, it might not be obvious to everyone, but when you send that out to everyone, and someone at a blog who's just working really hard and doesn't they like it but they don't have time they're just literally going to copy paste mm-hmm. and we have actually had oh, people oh, like copy paste without like an a so like uh, the press release uh, starts yeah. on the n like and <laughs> yeah. this album and it's like what <laughs> like you know what i mean so it's literally this kind of like copy paste yep. mentality well, and then the, the more money the or more influence the blush the more they put their own spin on it but what i have a problem with is when i can read the the really mid-level one that's mm-hmm. that's really clearly what exactly word for word what the artist released yeah. and i can and i can read the top level one and it's basically the same mm-hmm. thing yeah. across the board mm-hmm. that's what i have the issue with because yeah. Then there's no effort that's gone. We've all just agreed. I don't know if there's some giant group me where they're all just saying <laughs> sure, or right. like we're all gonna do this or whatever, you know. Except for it's Chris a Slack Richards, channel. I'll invite and you. then you know, <laughs> God, God bless Chris Richards. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's the one who's like out there. You know, now I'm like. <laughs> Good for you standing up against Arcade Fire while the rest of the world is like. <laughs> well, is, is, there's. I, no, I. Go back. You know what I, mean? I, was, I was deeply hurt. Oh, hey, um. About this, guys. Uh, you know, technology is not—it's <laughs> not always reliable. And uh, about once every 100 episodes, uh, our tech decides to cut out. In this case, this is what's happening. 
right up to the point you heard, um, we were talking about stuff, and then it just decided to to stop recording. I caught it about 15 minutes later. Uh, in those missing 15 minutes, we actually solved World Peace, which is what happens. This happened once on a Pitchfork episode. I think it's happened one time before. Uh, we solved everything, but it's it's honestly it's too much to get out of the world. But the conversation as a whole, um, I think, was great, and 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 we went back and forth about whether or not we're going to actually put this thing out. Uh, we are. We're just going to be picking up at a point in the conversation that you have no context for. And um, and has no relation to what we were talking to before because this is where this went. So uh, that's what's happening. So stick with it because it's great. We we landed, we landed at the end of this, guys. But but you know, you're gonna. There's part uh, part of this is is lost in the ether and into the uh, the halls of our memories. So uh, with that, I now return you to your regular scheduled programming, uh, picking up a little after where we left off. at the audience or right. I just need know. to get off his chest yes <laughs> exactly you know but like i needed that guy yeah <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we've landed squarely in the anti-hype camp <laughs> here in the yeah and it's, and it's, i mean it is it i mean hype is um look it's damaging dude well right but but um and and sometimes like not to like like most of the times we just sit down here and start talking yeah and this time we spent maybe like 45 or 90 seconds sort of doing a like hey should we talk about this or that we've talked about none of the things that we wanted to talk about (laughs) which is fucking great because it's it's been great and it's been it's been an awesome although although, spoiler the recording cut out so we 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 don't know how much this is gonna make (laughs) shit so it's fine it's fine Did we get the Lee Sobel stuff in there? I don't think we did. <laughs> oh, uh, no. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, in balance right. breakfast community about Phil, Lee Sobel. Rafa, give the yeah. Lee Sobel breakdown. What is it? Uh, Lee Sobel is a horrible, fictitious, and or real somewhat person who books shows in multiple cities in America, is never present for them, makes a lot of money off of them, and does not pay bands for it. All right, Until today, I thought he lived in Washington, D.C. He definitely Until does just not. Now. Okay. Yeah. Definitely does not. Yeah. Again, I've played multiple shows that he's booked in San Francisco. He's never been at a single one of those. And I know that Emily Liza is a person on Facebook, technically, and she exists in Brooklyn. But we also share no mutual friends. This is like a Terry Tickle situation. Yeah, it yeah. is a Terry Tickle situation. <laughs> Holy shit. What the fuck is Terry Tickle? Oh, my God. It's fine. that We met, we met lost like about 15 minutes of this, but it's fine. It, it's this fine. is incredible. We just went down an internet rabbit hole. Let's talk about Terry Tickle. <laughs> oh, man. Have you ever heard of the documentary Tickled? No. I mean, I don't want to give it away, but you should watch it. It's, it is a uh, movie about... Um, the there's a movie entrapment of professional tickling videos that there's a movie about it <laughs> you know terry tickle despite that terry despite tickle, not knowing that there's a movie terry about tickle terry used tickle. to post on rec.music.fish back in the day oh wow well, and would look right, you, don't know, you don't oh you need to watch this movie I know this, this it's an hbo movie. documentary I, it I, will I, blow I, your mind guys tied up let's just like <laughs> Okay. Sorry Terry Tickle. About that. So, so, Terry Tickle was a human who uh, offered people money to film them being tickled and posted on several Usenet oh, groups I know back in this. Usenet I know days. I about this. And, like, would be across the gamut in, like, fish Usenet groups and Dave Matthews. Like, 
any group that had a large enough following in like the Usenet era, Terry Tickle would join as a user and get basically a following of people being, it was for me, it was the first internet troll ish figure I ever met online that it was like, I don't know if you're real or like, is part of you real? Is this a persona or is very not real? <laughs> yeah, very not real. Does a documentary? Does a documentary t- tell? Yeah, it's called Tickled. It's on HBO. It, oh, it is I have to fascinating. Watch this. Oh it is, my god, yeah, it's amazing. Just so was this a cabal of people? Like, if he's not real, or they're not I don't want to give it away. It's a good documentary, but it's wow. um, it is certainly not. Has it been out more than like six months. The, well, we can yeah, give about it away. a year. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, give okay. it away. Yeah, give oh, it away. it's just yeah. a, it's a creepy ass dude. Yeah, <laughs> is a creepy yeah. ass dude Whoa. who has a lot. He, he inherited a trust fund, and is just just luring people in basically with whatever fake internet yeah uh, tricks he can use or she whatever to, to right. film people being tickled. Pete basically same like just same concept as porn, but like offering like m- a pretty good amount of money to film you getting tickled for fetish websites. Like, and again, for this me, on me. I brought it up. this is how this is how it ties <laughs> wow. to hype for me, right? Because like, how did Terry Tickle create enough of a hype machine around themselves in multiple user boards, right? By just being so fucking odd <laughs> that like literally fame built on itself. Where like you saw it once and you were like, this. Well, we t- we 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 talked about all sides. Of it, and now it's time to like actually turn the lens onto like. Us mm-hmm. and how we yeah. react to hype. Yep. Yeah. And Terry Tickle is a perfect example yep. of how to react to hype. If you want to be tickled, I guess that's the way to go. <laughs> but um, but if just, you are, just don't get tickled for free. Yeah. <laughs> don't get tickled for the promise of exposure to further ticklings. <laughs> I think is the. <laughs> or if that's your thing, why are you judgmental, Eduardo? <laughs> Uh, fair, fair point. Fair you point. know, uh, but a lot of of us of how we consume stuff is that we uh, the reason narratives work is because we crave narratives as people. Mm-hmm. Like this is why we like entertainment. Period. That's why Shakespeare exists. Mm-hmm. That's why like we need this drama, even though uh, it, most people reach a point where they're like, I'm gonna do yoga or. And to like basically avoid it, mm-hmm. like to avoid the narrative. That's the point. You meditate, you do yoga, you do all these things to get out of your head. And uh, but but we feed this uh, with with engaging in people like Terry Nichol mm-hmm. or <laughs> um, or engaging in people uh, to bring it back to snail mail, um, like Matadors presentation of that album and um like who can resist a good pitch who can like like in especially in the front Mm -hmm. if you say this this is the hugest (laughs) this is this is the best you you don't even know this is the most magnificent thing that you've ever seen and we always want uh at least the the casual consumer wants the best thing i think all of us in which, this room, which, though, which Matador has delivered sort of consistently. They've been a very sometimes. good curator of. Uh, I mean, they have a good rep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to stand for the Malcolmus now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Actually, more that that Matador has had a couple of. Um, and, and and we've drawn this contrast before, right? We yeah. Um, we've talked about like 
Julian Baker, Lucy Dacus, and Will Toledo, and that whole yes. sort of dynamic of feeling like uh, Lucy really delivered on her second album. Yeah, and uh, um, and that um, and there's some concern there that you know, having just seen her at Rock and Roll, like um, that was a really good show. I I I don't know if I would have enjoyed that show as much in a venue five times that size. Um, and right. that's, uh, and that's not about her, her, her band or, or, or her. It's just, it's just like the songs aren't quite at that, at that scale yet or something. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and maybe they're not meant to be. Like, yeah. Right. You know, which is, that, years that's the basement yeah. and that's, so that's, right. so it's appropriate yeah. to play rock and roll hotel, yeah. which is a great venue. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, yeah. the, and, and the songs and, are really that, fucking but, but strong. But that's the like, thing that like as consumers, like we don't often think about, like maybe they're not, maybe, the idea that you could serve a very small niche thing is, is you know, again, you want the best. You go buy a car, you want the best. You want the best TV, you want the best everything. You want, I mean, consumerism is like buy better, mm-hmm. buy bigger, buy do, do it all. And, uh, I mean, me personally, I think it's ruining us as a people, but I think it is ruining the music space because um, – Snail mail didn't need to be marketed like this. It needed mm-hmm. to be marketed like, hey, here's this really cool like and relevant to the times gay teenage girl just got out of high school. She's pretty talented. She writes good songs. Someday she's gonna write a motherfucker around, but it's not here yet. Mm-hmm. And you know, like to the other point, or to the, the other side of what that does is like think about a band like Diet Sig. Yeah, who is a great band? A I think they're very, for, very similar. Yeah, but they weren't beloved. You know, they weren't beloved right up front. And I know that the tide has changed for them. But I saw them about a year and a half ago, and um, I, I'd have forgot the the lead singer's name, but she is just an incredible front person. I mean, a one in a million front person who does kicks, and she's just right. On, so the other the other side and of she that, has though. worked her way up mm-hmm. and up and up, and. You know, they didn't get the love that they might have. Well, they didn't they, get the. Well, no, that's not even the I point. Think they the point the is they did. Appropriate love. I, the point is, yeah, it's it seems like such a big valley between where snail mail is and where diet sig is, but in actuality, they're just. But, but they're right. actually starting they're out at the same do, point. Do the same or time. soccer mommy, or like, exactly, yeah, 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 or yeah. like Any Frankie Cosmos, or like yep. whatever. Like, it's just. But it seems like when one person, you know, gets to play Madison Square Garden, it mm-hmm. seems like. Well, I I think with yeah. any, I think with any bands like that, especially with Diet Sig, I think I think there's a ceiling, like there there is. A, you know, I hate I hate to say something like this, but there is a limit to, uh, it. Once you define your format, what you're gonna do, right? There's a limit to what you can do. Mm-hmm. Diet Sig is really good, like power pop, uh, and if you go, it's gonna be an energetic show. It's gonna be an amazing show, but. Is it a lasting uh, contribution to the culture? Absolutely not. And I don't know. You, that's what I mean. <laughs> you may disagree, but that's exactly what people said about the White Stripes. And look mm-hmm. at Seven Nation Army. That is the most lasting <laughs> contribution to the culture. Yeah, no, no, you're right. That's been yeah. that's occurred in rock music in the last twenty five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it truly is because stadiums chant that yeah. on a yeah, daily no, basis. Absolutely. So I, I don't know. The, I don't. The I think that, that girl can can, me. can conquer the world, man. She she was so I went for the band before her and I I planned to leave but mm-hmm. I the, the first minute they stepped on stage I just couldn't I was so 
excited mm-hmm. about what I was seeing. And but you were and, excited about what you were seeing and not the material. I was, that's that's a very good point. But I think the song off the head. I'm botching this because I'm I'm forgetting the name of it. But there's a song about um, just basically hooking up with people in a small town on their last record mm-hmm. that is really poignant and it really hits and it's it's a really great record mm-hmm. and, or it's a really great song. I, I don't think it's Seven Nation Army, but you know it is. Um, it showed more than just potential. It really delivered. Um, and, you know, for a pop duo, I think delivering one or yeah. two great songs on an album is is maybe even enough to sustain a career, especially yeah. when they're churning them out like an album a year, yeah. you know? Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't mean, you know, it's just, it just makes it, with the hype <sighs> machine, it makes it seem like one is so much farther along than the other. Yeah. When in reality... It's, it might not play out that way, you know, or well, yeah, maybe exactly. even it won't play out that way because of that, you know? Well, a lot of times longevity doesn't look like the same thing as like, you know, like you can blow up really big for a year. And like Wilco's a great example, actually. They were like, a lot of people would have said their ceiling is like, they're going to be the darlings of the indie scene forever. Right. right. And then like, they're nowadays playing 80 to 120,000 person festivals, you know? Yeah. And if you had said to Jeff Tweedy, like, 20 years ago, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys are going to be, like, super mainstreamish kind of rock that plays at Bonnaroo 20 years from now. He'd be like, yeah, that's... No, we play in dingy shitholes where people yell no, at us. No, he, he would have been like, no, fuck you, you're right. Yeah, It's he, after the Jeff Tweedy experience. It's not actually Wilco anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when... I, I guess when it's, it's on us is how we place bands and like what we want. Like who who do we want to win? Who do we want to succeed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it takes more than uh, at least for me, it takes more than if you entertain me. Mm-hmm. You entertain me, you get me in the door. Mm-hmm. Then I, then I actually want to know about you. And mm-hmm. I I mean I I do a thing where I'm like I'll probably email you and be like, can I talk to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and maybe right. I'll talk to you or I won't. But uh but. But most people are, are like that. They get you in the door. But it, it is the what I, I, again when I was breaking it down to the casual consumer. Mm-hmm. I think the reason hype is so insidious, and the reason it is so um, it's going to be really hard to change how we do this uh, is because the casual consumer doesn't give a fuck about that. Mm-hmm. They want the hit. Mm-hmm. And the hit benefits you, Philip. It benefits mm-hmm. you, Rafa. Mm-hmm. And like it, it, yeah. It the hit is like great. I can do that. I saw some dudes in some suits. I got high and I got laid. Mm-hmm. That was Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, as an artist, that's probably pretty satisfying that you facilitated that. It is um, deeply satisfying. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Um, no, but, but, uh, not to, you know, toot your horn, but uh, I think one reason that this podcast is so great is that it's part of that long form dialogue Mm -hmm. that people are now craving. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that with things like WTF and, you know, the list goes on and Mm -hmm. on and on of like, we want more than the, you know, 7.4. We want like, we want the, the wrestling with the good and the bad and the this and the that. Yeah. And the that is perhaps what's going to outlast the, not outlast, that's not the right word, but like, um, 
it's not about the article, you know, and for one, people aren't reading as much anymore and they're mm-hmm. not spending that much, that kind they're not spending time at their computer in that way like maybe they were a few years right. ago. Um, so maybe that's why the hype machine has to be twice as loud. But like what you're doing is really digging into something and talking about, well, this does, yes, I love this album, but you are willing to say, well, this is what doesn't work about it. Yeah. Or, well, you know, three weeks later, yeah, maybe I don't like that album so much. Yeah. That wasn't so good yeah. as it felt before. What's up, Casey Musgraves? Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I, so, I mean, and that's, I think that's why this kind of stuff is working because it's. Well, this works, but, but, but I mean, I think, but this is going to work no matter what. And, and what's like important, like from my perspective and from any music journal's perspective is that I need good music to be mm-hmm. fed i yeah. need good i need good music to be sane like i need people to fucking consistently produce good art mm-hmm. like you know i i i always advocate like this is this is the same as writing is the same as music is the same as all this stuff i mean it's all art like mm-hmm. everybody has their very specific art my lady's art is like saving kids across the united mm-hmm. states like fuck it like but what I need like, in my veins is like for people not to be doing a thing like snail mail that is like okay art. Well, no, you do need her to be doing well. I need okay art, but you don't need well, it presented well, in the let way. Let me that, finish. Yeah, I, yeah, I need her to be doing okay art, but I need it not to be called the best mm-hmm. yeah. because then all of a sudden everybody who can't do shit all of a sudden has this thing like, well, if we just barely try. She isn't barely trying, but 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 she's got a long way to go. She's like a long, long way in the oven, and um, you know, th- then we sort of just bleach out any bit of like intent, any bit of uh, culture, any, any mm-hmm. bit of joy in the fucking shit, and and you end up with just like you end up in an idiocracy. Mm-hmm. Well, and 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 you end up in this narrative of like every five years a genre is in need of saving and is going to be saved right. by someone, and that is and oh, and, fuck that. and that's and I and and you know I think I think one of the great Will Toledo quotes is something to the effect of like if you want to talk about our music, maybe a good way to start is by not asking if the music we play is dead, <laughs> 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 which is which is actually a great way to sort of say like right, you know, and I and and I said at the top of this like that like indie rock doesn't have a future. Because because as we as we understand it and think about it and think about it now, like it doesn't. But that doesn't mean that a future can't be articulated for mm. this genre that I love so dearly <laughs> yeah. and that I wish to see a future for. And 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 part of the that future is me not knowing where it goes mm-hmm. and for someone to show up. But that's to, music I, in general. Actually... Like, we, we we were all just down here talking about um to go out meta or whatever, uh talking about Kamasi Washington's thing. And my and my question was what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. What the fuck is music for after hearing this one piece of art? This one piece of art, like, for me, defines the 21st century at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And everything else, sorry, you, you have to, the like, I'm able, and this is part of what hype ruins. Nothing is going to match that. Nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm able to hear stuff and be like, but I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I I don't constantly compare it to that. I don't, I don't make unfair comparisons. I don't make un, unnecessary comparisons. I just be like, hey, you just do a thing. We just reviewed mm-hmm. the Flasher album. 
it's fucking it's a phenomenal album. And I could compare it to a bunch of shit, but it doesn't matter because it's just like and, that, and, that, and that's a, a hyped fun, album yeah, too. Yeah, that's that, that's, that's, yeah, it's a fun the same treatment, and yeah. I think, but I think it is. But Flash worthy. Are, I think it's a really great album. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it it, it but it is um. I mean, maybe that gets at the heart of it. Is like, it's really hard to know when you're being lied to is not fair, but like fed something, and when you're being really genuinely spoken to, like like, hey man, like this is a great album, or like, hey, you're gonna like this album, you know, like you know, I think I think because still has to be like if it speaks to you, like it's sort of like if it if it moves you, if it Mm -hmm. like, I'm and I'm reading this this book about moral uh psychology and 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 it keeps making this point of like everything we think is mostly a justification for how we feel Mm -hmm. right so the first thing is like how you feel about something if you feel about music a certain way like then that's great that's that's on some level all you need Mm -hmm. but if it's your rational thinking part that's leading you to the music and making you like it then maybe you should think more about that and you Mm -hmm. should go seek out the things that make you feel the way Mm -hmm. you think music should make you feel yeah. Well, yeah. not to make an unfair comparison, but I do think there is something to be said about, you know, in terms of the hype conversation, you know, you have the difference between, so like the Kamasia album and To Pimp a Butterfly in that sense are very, very similar. Mm-hmm. The big difference is Kendrick's platform is like, insane yeah and kamasi has a huge platform but kendrick's platform is literally like all over the globe in a split second but it wasn't when pimp butterfly first came out it wasn't yet but that album was super hyped yes as you know like on a lemonade-ish level of like the new the new like definition of the end all we we, we haven't gotten that and as we wind it down i i do want to finish up on that because i think that gets into pop i think Mm -hmm. and and I know you, you think you guys is an indie band, Philip, but I think Burke Royals is is a lot of pop music. You, I mean, you guys have hooks. You fucking do shit. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you, we, you we get like, it fucking done. Yeah, we, we get it done. <laughs> like, <We're popular>. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but but you think about Lemonade, mm-hmm. and you think about Beyonce, and you think about how that person is hyped, mm-hmm. and. How are you possibly going to live up to anything that that like if you're Beyonce? How how are you going to do that? And the answer is, you just make fucking great art. Yeah. Because before Lemonade, I looked at her. I was like, yeah, okay, Destiny's Child, sweet. Mm-hmm. Like this is good pop. This is good fun. Yeah, your two albums. Yeah, that's good fun. Put a ring on it. Is like is iconic. Like that's you know the, the, she's you know she, how to write good hooks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah. You're making the good moves. Yeah. But then, but then it was like, okay, so she's got this thing coming, and uh, and I heard a little about what it was going to be about. I was like, let's do this, and then you see the film and hear the album, <laughs> and you understand that it it shifted as much hype as they put behind it. Like it lived up to the hype. It was more. very appropriate amounts of hype. Yeah, it was yeah. very appropriate yeah. amounts of hype because yeah. she she I mean and rarefied air and shit. But she got the millionaire got to the point where she was like, I'm finally going to do something completely honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and that to me is also a landmark of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I know people that yeah. like, Ab doesn't like that album. It it is not for him. <laughs> Bri- you know who did though is Brianna Younger, and that's, that's yeah. one, of my, one of my one of my favorite episodes that we did here was with yeah. Dowling and Brianna Younger. 
um, about yeah. lemonade. But yeah, yeah, and and so so in that case, like if you hype something, maybe the lesson is back it up. <laughs> yeah, right. Hype the good stuff, people. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. hype the bad stuff, yeah. <laughs> or even the medium stuff. Like figure out figure out a cool way to talk about like the band you're that just paid you three grand, like without telling people like they're the best thing you've ever fucking right. heard. Like the pitches I get are are targeted for a twenty two year old who's just excited that they're getting pitches, and that's that's not gonna. You know, another thing to keep in mind is when you're thinking about when you're listening to music, mm-hmm. don't think about it as two separate worlds of like this has been approved of and this right. has been not right no that's sure. that's think the biggest it, thing take yeah. that wall down that's but gonna that that's gonna open re- up a that's lot the of... toughest wall for people and that's why the casual yeah. listener is awesome yeah. too yeah because the right casual listener literally has no attachment to breathe it's just like that's true this is a yeah. great ho- i like this song right yeah. no idea to the references no connection yeah. to what it means or why it's good just like right i i like this beat yeah, <laughs> yeah. great cool you know? Be like that. Yeah. Just tear it down, <laughs> exactly. man. And, and the best enjoy, conversations yeah. you can have is talking with somebody if you demand more of your music, like ask the person why they like it and get them explaining to it. Because clearly you don't have the capacity to just experience that joy. Mm-hmm. I, and I will cop to that. Per- like, so Daria is a pop person and she's the one, she's why we talked about Florida Georgia Line. Um, because she was like, these motherfuckers. I was like, come on, are you serious? And then I heard it and I was like, yeah. She heard your band, and she's like, oh, School of Florida Georgia Line. They're fucking killing it. Like, they know how to do the shit, <laughs> right? Pastors in the School of Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like, but, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that, there are so many ways you, listener, can enjoy music. Don't listen to us to tell you how to do it. Here, here. Like, just go forth mm-hmm. and fucking. You have Spotify. Yeah. Don't and, and don't listen to a playlist. If you hear, if if you like listening to us, any of us, and if you like listening to Philip, his music in Brooke Royals, Rafa, and your music, mm-hmm. if you like listening to Eduardo's sad Twitter feed. <laughs> I do, impo- I do important work over there. Okay? Yeah, he's the very work. important voices that I'm retweeting, holding it down. But 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 the point is, like right now, at this point in history, you have the power to simply, if somebody says something, you can find out every fucking thing about it that mm-hmm. you ever would ever want to know and decide for yourself mm-hmm. whether or not you like it. And you should do that. Yeah. And uh, and I mean. That's why I don't read Pitchfork. I don't read Serigum. I don't read Consequence Sound. I don't read fucking anything. I I, I love my friends who write for those things, and and, uh, and you know people like Moore are doing like great work. Yep. Uh, in a different way, but uh, the whole yeah, the whole hype hype machine is. Let's just let's just put it to bed. Yeah, it's yeah. dead. No, yeah. it did. I mean, you can be aware of it. You yeah. don't have to care about what it says. Don't care. <laughs> no. You know? Yep. It's good to be informed. Make your own opinion. <laughs> right. Well, then uh, you can subscribe to our tiny letter where I'm going to have every release. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening because tiny letters are gross. Uh, there's, there's a legal Zoom ad that you're about to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for hanging out, and uh, I hope I I don't know what's gonna make it out of this episode, but we're gonna we're gonna piece it together. Excited. There was there was a juicy bit, but maybe maybe that 
wasn't meant to be or i hope i hope you guys just enjoyed the conversation oh that was so good immensely like no honestly i'm gonna take back this information of lee sobel to the other side of the country (laughs) and there's gonna be hundreds of musicians that are gonna be like holy shit the plot thickens (laughs) yeah man we did a thing anyways uh all right be back in a few minutes Big thanks to Philip, Eduardo, and Alpha for coming down and hanging out. I hope you guys enjoyed that, despite the little break in the middle. I didn't want to tell you up front, because you might be like, oh, well, fuck, I don't want to listen to this, audio issues. But, it was, you know, it wasn't that bad. It worked out. I think we got out what we needed to to say. Uh, there's always a lot more to say about it. And, uh, honestly, this basement, these mics are always open if you have something to say about it, because I think it is a conversation. Um, you, know, you don't need to have panels on it. Uh, you don't need to have large articles on it but you know just you know getting together with your friends talking about it sometimes is the easiest way to come up to solutions um i will point out again uh none of this that we were talking about is directed at um at uh lindsay from snail mail um we wish her the most success and honestly you know i think it conveyed i can't remember if it got lost in it or not but an important thing to understand is that People uh, at labels, at press things, uh, they, they have a job to do. So you can't really blame them. It is, um, it's mainly on us, guys. It's, you know, us, you know, just demanding a certain type of uh, new hotness in everything we do instead of demanding uh, super quality art. And, um, and that's, you know, that's going to take a lot of work. But one person at a time, one person at a time. Uh, that is it. We are out of here. I'm not going to play a track because I would be hyping something. And this is an anti-hype podcast. Uh, but um, I can tell you we're going to be back uh, with all the hype talking about Kamasi Washington on Thursday. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating or a message there. You can also listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. If, you, uh, if you're the email and type, you can reach out to me at podcast at chunkyglasses.com with any feedback. Uh, happy to answer any questions or get in any type of discussion. You know, we can open that up. Um, also, go to the site and listen to us at www.chunkyglasses.com. There you're going to be seeing our podcast. You're also going to be seeing the live work of Matt Conn and Mauricio Castro and Avery Junius. They are out there every night uh, shooting the hypest shows. Uh, and uh, they are some of the best in the business. I, I think that's uh, that's been established over how many we've been doing this for eight years. And they they crush it. And, uh, and I'm consistently astounded by their dedication to doing that stuff. Um, also, our podcast host provider, Pippa, if you have a good podcast idea, uh, you go there, you give them a small fee, and uh, and they will get your podcast idea out into the world, and people will listen to it, they will download it, uh, they might reach out to you, you might like be talking just like I am right now, uh, with just a little work, some mics, and, and you're good to go. And uh, not yet, but I think we're going to have like a sort of a coupon code uh, that you can use for that. Uh, but that's coming soon, so uh, you can even get in there, like a, you know, like a, uh, try it out, try it out on our dime, maybe. Uh, but anyways, thanks to them, and always thanks to the uh, amazing Jamal Gray, Aquatic Gardener. That's the music you hear underneath us right now. This project is a couple years old. He's got some new stuff coming out soon. I think he works up at Uptown Art House. 
uh, trying to save the culture here in Washington, D.C., but also the Reaganomics, um, the mighty Nag Champa. Uh, that's all That's all coming to a head, and you're going to hear more about that in the next few months, I hope. I really hope. But uh, hopefully we'll get him back down here soon, maybe in our Sounds of D.C. thing. Uh, that is it. We are out of here. Tune in on Thursday. We're going to be talking about Kamashi Washington's new motherfucker of an album, Heaven and Earth. And then after that, uh, there's only like two more episodes, and we're going to take a break. Um, one of them, I'll spoil this for you, is going to be uh, talking to PJ Sykes, our friend PJ Sykes. You've heard of him many years ago. We did an interview with him, but also uh, he's on the Super Chunk Review. Uh, he is, uh, he's got some things going on with his band Hoax Hunters, and also his label, Cherub Records, right down in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And so we're going to be talking about the history of that. And then a, uh, a sixth edition of Sounds of Washington, D.C. And then we're going to take most of July off and, uh, and then see you on the flip side. So, need a break, need a rest. Resting is good. Don't kill yourself working, guys. Uh, that's it. We're out of here. Talking a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. See you soon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!